Well, Grant, when you look at this game with Illinois State, it's a second time around. As a play, former player, now as a coach, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Harder, easier playing a team a second time around in the postseason? Good question. I think that it's probably one of those where in some ways it's easier and in some ways it's harder. So you obviously are familiar. You know who the players are. You know, you know you're you not going to be surprised by anybody. You know that the running back's a good player. You know the offensive line good. You know they have big, strong tight ends. So you already know all those things. Um, but yeah, they now also know you. So there's a few things that they're going to adjust that it's going to be really hard that you got to make sure you're sound on. But at the same time, you've already got two weeks worth of bank reps because we had the bye week for them as well. So um, in some ways it makes you feel confident, but in some ways it makes you worry as well. So I, I think that we're still going to be really prepared and our, our guys know that it's playoff time and things are always cranked up just a notch. You got a different quarterback, but at the same point, you still have James Robinson back there. What's different from October the 5th to what you're going to see Saturday morning, 11 a.m. against Illinois State Grant? I think that they've probably done a great job of just featuring him just more and more. You know, the bigger the game, the more you give it to your star players. And I think that's just what good coaches do is they, they dance with who brung you. And I think that uh, any any coach in the country is going to do that, especially with a great running back like him. So probably going to give the ball to him a little bit more than maybe they did in the first game. Uh, but but other than that, I think they, they are a good team because they are who they are. You know, they don't change week to week. Um, they're really good at the schemes that they run, and they're going to run them really well. Um, and they're going to try it against us, and we're going to hope like heck we can stop them and we're sure going to plan on doing it when you were a linebacker was this a game that you kind of live for between the hashes between the hash marks knowing that's a downhill style attack that's coming at you and what are you feeding or what are you saying now to jackson and jabril and aaron for a matchup like this you know, I think this is definitely one of those games that you're, you know, more of your old school linebackers are really going to excel at. You know, obviously in today's age of college football, part of the reason NDSU's offense keeps having so much success is everybody's defense is built to stop 10 and 11 personnel. They're built to stop spread attacks. So they've got really small, fast guys. Well, small, fast guys don't always hang out or, you know, hang up in those gaps really well, and they're not always the most physical guys. So that's one thing that we're lucky is the fact that we get trained against the most physical offense in the country every single week. So you can't survive here as a linebacker unless you're physical so I never worry about being out physical you know we get the best team in the country every spring and every fall um, but but we've got some guys you know you mentioned those three Jackson and, and Aaron and and Hanky those are three physical linebackers and, and they like fitting gaps and they like tackling people so I think that they're going to do a great job of when those gaps show up they're going to get downhill in them and they're going to hit somebody. Ren Olson with us linebackers coach and when you were here before wearing the green and gold you were a player now you're a coach what's it like this time going from it from the sideline instead of putting the helmet on? Oh, shoot. Good question. Um, you know, I would, I would probably tell you that, um, you know, it's just a different mindset a little bit just in terms of, you know, I think just every day recognizing, you know what, it's not about me. It's about these guys right here. And it doesn't matter anything about the past. You know, I'm here to coach these guys and help them get better. And I want to see them have some success. And, you know, also another part I think every coach probably goes to at some point is just, you know what, like it doesn't matter if I was the world's best player or the world's worst player. My job is to be a good coach and I'm going to focus on that and not reliving any glory days. I don't think anybody cares anymore. And that may seem weird to say, but, you know, these linebackers, We'll talk about it every now and again, but what's really important is them and uh, doing everything I can to help them have success in the football field. And I think that uh, I've got a great relationship with those guys, and they're a lot of fun to coach. They work their tail off. I'm really proud of every one of them. Can you kind of just go over the the linebacking core and how you've seen them evolve from way back in August to what they are doing right now as that linebacking core, especially Jabril maybe playing a different position here and there, bringing Kayser down in a, in a spot where you needed him, how this you know unit kind of has evolved throughout the year, Grant? Gotcha. Well, first I'll just start with 
with uh, Hanky just because he's the mic. It's probably easy for me to start with the <laughs> mic. But, uh, but you know, Hanky, when I first got here, I think he was probably just a guy that didn't have a whole lot of reps and just not a lot of game experience. So fans didn't know. But I remember from day one of spring ball, I mean, he has taken control of uh, the mic position and done a great job communicating and working his tail off. He's an awesome young man. He's really sharp in the, uh, in the film room. And I knew from the get-go that he was going to be a successful football player for us. You know, I think nobody else knew because fans hadn't heard about him yet. But him, his success has not surprised me one bit. I knew he was going to be a, a great player for us. Um, you know, Aaron, Aaron coming off the knee, it was kind of like, okay, well, you're always worried about coming off an injury. How are you going to be able to move and all those things? And what I really appreciate about Aaron is he's continued to put a lot of work in. He knows what he's doing, and he's known that for a long time. But I think every single week, I think he probably feels a little bit more confident just because of more game reps and more experience. And I think every single week, he has truly gotten better. And I even taught, was talking to a friend that coaches on a different team. And he goes, you know that number 55? He has gotten a lot better. Every single week, I watch him on film, and he just keeps getting better. Like, he's a good football player. I'm like, you're darn right he is. He is a good football player. Um, you know, Kayser obviously playing safety kind of when he, we kind of put him at some linebacker spots it was very limited right away okay like, hey, you only need to know one or two or even three things well every single week we had just a little bit more to his plate that now truly it's like hey you truly can be a linebacker you can be our starting strong safety you can be our starting linebacker you are good to go and just trusting him in that so you just every single week he is just learning more and just playing faster and just making more plays so really excited how he's just continued to develop at that position and I know coach Brown and I aren't necessarily <laughs> fighting over him it's one of those where it's like hey what's the best thing for the team right now let's make sure he's ready to go at both spots so really excited to have players that can play multiple positions and really help the team so he's done an awesome job there and then you know you don't, you don't want to say last but not least Jabril because that's kind of a funny thing to say because we all know he's one heck of a football player but what I've appreciated about him is that he hasn't been complacent you know I know I've challenged him in a lot of ways of like Jabril I know you're a great player but you can get better so are you going to make up your mind and are you going to improve? Or are you just going to let the status quo be the status quo? And what I've appreciated about him is he's improved. And I know maybe some of the stats aren't as good as last year. You know, and last year I had a lot of opportunities to make plays. And I don't know if teams are running away from him or not. You know, I probably sure would. He's one heck of a football player. But, uh, but I... I see him continuing to improve. I appreciate the fact, especially as a leader, that he's one of the best football players in the country, but he's not just sitting back and relaxing. He is working to get better, and I think that's just what being a Bison football player is all about. So I just appreciate his leadership in that, and if he's going to work hard to get better and he's one of the best in the country, how can you not do the same thing? So been a great leader, just continues to grow, and, and man, he does a great job for us. Final thing for you, Grant, we'll end on a fun one. After a game in Fargo, whether it's regular season or playoffs, what is something that you like to do either by yourself with family or friends once the game gets done i know 11 a.m game 2 30 or 7 probably you know may, maybe makes a difference but what do you like to do normally once a game gets done grant i would tell you that probably a couple things um one it's i will tell you it's a lot more fun when amy's around that makes it more enjoyable but uh either her family or my family or both if we're all around you know going out to eat with them is usually a lot of fun and honestly trying to go somewhere where we can just be be left alone and just um, just get to have a nice, quiet family meal is, is a lot of fun. And especially when my brother-in-law or father-in-law pays, it's even better when they pay. So if we win, usually they're buying. So that's always a good thing. And then after, Amy and I probably have a little bit of a sweet tooth for some ice cream. So it doesn't matter if it's Dairy Queen or Culver's or anything else. If we get a nice piece, a uh, little bit of ice cream after the game, then go back and maybe watch something on TV at night. That's usually a pretty darn good evening hanging out with the wife. So that's what I lo- that's what I enjoy doing. I like the one-two punch. Family pays ice cream for, <laughs> that's for right. dessert. That's really good. That's right. Especially uh, family pays. Especially right. family pays. All right. Thanks, Grant. <laughs> Absolutely. 
We continue here on the Wings and Rings Coaches Show on this Wednesday, December the 11th night here on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, and alongside 740TheFan.com. Chase Miller with you here. Joel Morgan back at our 740 The Fan studios. And it's now time we talk a little college football. Now we're going to finish the broadcast with a couple of coaches in the high school ranks. First up, we're going to go Class B girls basketball with Sam Brandt of the Kindred Vikings. Kindred at 3-0 and in the season with wins against Maple Valley, Sergeant Central, Oak State. They bring back a couple of really talented players who are sophomores this year, and Abby Dukeshire and alongside Taryn Johnson. They've been really tearing up the court last season as freshmen, and when they won the state title last year as freshmen, and you looked at the roster and you only saw one senior graduate, you thought Kindred will have a chance to get back to the Betty where the State B Girls Basketball Tournament is going to be played in March for Class B Girls Basketball, and right now they are rolling to start the season. Got a long way to get to the end of February to that region tournament and then eventually to a potentially a state tournament. But Kinder looking pretty good early on the season with wins against Maple Valley, Sergeant Central, and Oaks. Earlier this morning, had a chance to sit down with Kinder Girls basketball coach Sam Brandt, talk about the returners that are coming back on this year's team, how the start of the season has been, and a whole lot more. Here's our one-on-one conversation with Sam Brandt of Kinder Girls basketball. We go to the defending state champ, which I know the coaches always love when you bring up last season. That is the Kindred Vikings in Class B girls basketball, Sam Brandt. And uh, Sam, nice start to your year so far this year, 3-0 and on the year. You came in as a preseason favorite in the latest polls, and I'm guessing that doesn't mean much to you as a head coach because you still have a lot more of the season left. You like the 3-0 and start, but the ranking probably doesn't mean too much to you at this point, Sam. No, we do. Um, we started off well. You know, we're still trying to find a groove as far as, you know, identifying roles and, you know, just getting settled a little bit. Um, polls, um, I try to keep the girls off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't really mean much until we get to March. You know, anything can happen in tournament time. So um, we just kind of worry about ourselves, and um, I like to try to take that pressure off our kids so that they're not feeling it and play the game that we love. You always hear coaches, I think, at any level talk about social media has made such more of an impact than probably even 10 15 20 years ago when there wasn't really facebook was just like you know a child like 10 years ago 15 years ago and now twitter has really became a thing there's a thing called tiktok and snapchat and, and whatnot sam <laughs> when, when when you look at kids is there is is that the one thing as a head coach that probably people don't know about is hey win or lose don't worry about what the masses are saying uh you know in terms of if you're really good or if you played poorly or maybe you didn't perform as well to a level that you might be when you go to social media nowadays oh yeah um i mean we'll be on the bus ride home and you can already see scores from the games around us that ended you know 10 minutes ago so um for us it's it's just being aware of what's going on around us um and using it as motivation more than anything um more than pressure knowing that you got another game to you know, if you weren't happy with your performance, you got another game to play. Um, you know, and it's not just about you or you individual. It's, it's all of us. So if we, if one person struggles, we struggle. So it's just kind of one of those things that you wish you could shield them from. But, um, you know, they have access to their phone 24-7. So it's kind of how do you handle it? How do you react to it? We go from there and talk about the girls that are coming back. You only lose one senior from last year in Michaela Heinrich. Then I looked at your roster, Sam. Hey, you got more than one senior on the team. You got like five of them. And then you bring back a lot of a lot of kids who have varsity experience. So a little bit different this year for your club, Sam. Yeah, uh, we have a good group of uh, seniors this year. Um, and we've got some young kids that have senior experience. So it's, it's really exciting to kind of step into practice and, and kind of you know pick up where we left off. 
um, and just a little bit different. We're more mature, and these kids um, played their hearts out last year and, and got a real taste and, and want it again. So it's, it's fun to see their want. You look at this team this season, I know a lot of people are going to ask you about Abby Dukes or when she's finally graduating because as a ninth grader uh, <laughs> last year, you know, she, she pretty much won almost every award you could want, an all-region performer, an all-state performer, a state tournament MVP. So I know it starts there for your club, uh, Sam, but also you bring back Taryn Johnson, an all-region player. Then I could probably talk about a, a burner or a faucet played valuable minutes. So who are going to be some girls that have to step up this year that's not named Dukeshir and or Johnson for this year's club? <laughs> Um, you know, we really put those roles on everyone. You know, everyone's going to have a different night. Everyone's going to contribute in a different way. And it might be 20 points for someone. And it might be 20 points or eight assists for somebody else. You know, um, last night I had Casey Burner drop six threes against Oak. So um, we're hoping everyone just, you know, contributes in the best way they can that night at the time and find the hot hand and, and work hard and hard together. That's our main focus. Kindred Viking girls basketball head coach Sam Brand with us here on our Wings and Rings Coaches Show. And, Sam, you look at Region 1 this season, I think we can see early on looking at the rosters from last year and talking with area coaches like yourself, there was a lot of 14-, 15-year-olds playing varsity basketball at 8th grade and ninth grade. It seems like everyone's bringing those kids back, and then you mix in a couple of juniors and seniors. And you look at these rosters, there's a lot of familiar faces from a year ago. Megan Rube down, you know, in Richland. Central Cass has got a number of players that were coming back from last season. So who are going to be some of the teams that are going to be making it difficult for you to defend your Region 1 title as the season progresses here, Sam? Yeah, there's a lot of great competition um, in the younger classes this year. And obviously in the past, um, you know, Richland's, uh, Richland's going to be a real tough competitor. Um, you know, Megan Ruby is, is just a beast over there. Um, and the Northern Northern Cast got some young kids. Castleton came out um, and, you know, gave us a run for our money last year in regions, and I know they're returning quite a few young kids. So, um, you know, the players that we have and the things that um, these kids, the qualities these kids have are almost uncoachable because they want that competition. They want to be challenged. Um, you know, if we weren't challenged last year, I don't think we would have ended up the way we were. So, um, you know, they just want to play, and they want to be able to play the best so they can be the best. And you look at this, and Sam, I'm going to ask you not so much because you're the number one team in the state early on in the preseason and, and now a weekend in the poll, but because you played in the venue last year. I know a lot of folks are curious what the Betty up at the Grand Forks is going to be like, you know, instead of playing at a Minot State Dome or somewhere in between. You're playing in a venue that the crowd is right on top of you. And I just remember that championship game last year with rugby and yourself, uh, Kindred. There was a lot of folks that were just right on top of the court cheering for one or the other. Going back up there, potentially, whether you're going to be a fan or a coach or your team's up there or you're just going up there to watch games, what made the Betty such a uh, – talking to a lot of people, it seemed like the Betty was a slam dunk performance and rightfully so got it back here with another year with Minot State going under renovations. Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable experience. Um, you could feel the energy, but with the lights, it almost like you couldn't see it unless you really looked. Um, you know, and – they did a great job. The staff did a great job of making sure everyone knew what was going on because it was new to everybody. So um, we had uh, an unbelievable experience. Um, we're excited to be back. I know it's not too far from home for us, um, but just far enough away. And, um, you know, I think the kids are excited. It's a big floor that they, they really enjoyed playing in last year and love to do it again.
A couple more minutes left with Sam Brandt here again, Kinder Vikings girls basketball coach. Uh, Sam, how do you how do you as a basketball coach? Because I know when Perry Piotz was there, got the program rolling. You know, p- played Bishop Ryan in a state title game when they had a Gabby Bola, Hannah Stewart, and Maddie Wald. Then all of a sudden, boom, you win a state title over North Star, and then you take over, and boom, you're you're right back at state trying to win championships again. How do you handle the expectations for this team when you know you're going to get everyone's best shot night in and night out because you've had that bullseye on your back for that kinder program for quite some time? Um, you know, it's, it's more focusing on us. Um, you know, what are the little things we, we can do? Um, we talk a lot about our internal scoreboard. You know, um, what's the one thing you want to work on tonight? You know, how many stops do you want to get? What's our free throw percentage? You know, um, we want to play the best game we can play. And um, by doing that is holding ourselves accountable. And um, knowing that, you know, everybody who plays Kindred is going to consider it a Super Bowl game for them. Um, so it's, it's having that mindset and being prepared for it. Sam, you're going up against a DGF club here on Saturday. That'll be on our sister station, 104.7 Duke FM. I know you've kind of had this nice little uh, couple of years now where you've gone non-conference, gone across the river either way where DGF comes to your place or you go over to DGF. What's made that a good series? Because it seems like these two programs are pretty similar to one another, Sam, with DGF and yourself with Kindred. Yeah, we love playing across the river a little bit. It's a different kind of a ball game. And, you know, um, you know, playing in Minnesota with halves and no shot clock and the time runs just a little bit different. So um, it's just another challenge, another challenge that makes us better. Um, you know, DGF uh, has had an outstanding program for a very, very long time. So we, we like to keep them on the schedule to give us a good challenge. And, um, you know, playing somebody different. Last thing for you, Sam, after a game is done, what's the best thing that you go home to? Do you eat like a little bit of ice cream? Is it, you know, you put on some Netflix after the game is done. What's the best thing when when you're either traveling from home or having a home game in Kindred that you like to do with your family? (laughs) Um, The best thing that I like to do when I get home is one, uh, talk to my husband because we're both basketball coaches. We sit there and talk basketball until (laughs) probably midnight. And then um, I had a baby in July, so and I go up my two boys at home and crawl into bed. That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, thank you very much for your time. I'm sure that's nice when it gets to sub-zero temperatures, too, during this month of yeah. December as well. <laughs> Sam, Sam, thank you very much for your time. We'll see you at a basketball court near you sometime, okay? All right. Thanks, Chase. Sam Brand again, Kindred Girls basketball head coach with us here on our Wings and Rings Coaches Show. Vikings, well, they're doing really well so far this season. Uh, Oaks, a very good quality opponent. They beat last night in Oaks 76-53. to The Kindred Vikings 3-0. They got a date on Saturday with DGF, a game you can listen to on our sister station, 104.7 Duke FM. Bob Roars will have the call. And then you kind of look at their non-conference schedule. DGF and Kindred, two teams that are very similar to each other. They got a game with Grafton, a top-10 ranked team on December 30th at Kindred High School, then dates with Shiloh Christian, Thompson, Lamore Lichamarian for part of their uh, non-conference, Barnesville. So Kindred likes to play some of the area teams, but also likes to get challenged. And anytime you play a Thompson or a Grafton or the last couple of years in girls basketball, you know you're going to be challenged. And then the one nice thing, as we bring Joel Morgan into the conversation now, Joel, is, you know, in Class B, that's different to Class A. Class A, you have the double around Robin where Shanley's going to play north, you know, two times in the year unless they play a two-point game. Uh, where in Class B, uh, Kindred saw Maple Valley to start the season. Uh, they might not see Maple Valley again until the Region 1 tournament, or they might not see them at all. So a little bit different in Class B. But then in Class B, Joel, you get these non-region uh, games or non-district games, which makes it, I think, a lot of fun for guys like you and me, especially now where the polls and at least QRF rankings are coming into effect where they see the top five teams going into the state tournament, Joel. 
Yeah, I think that that really does add an extra dynamic to the Class B rankings is when you can play, uh, you can play DGF, you can play Breckenridge, you can play not just out of uh, out of state or out of class, but out of region, you can play out of state as well. And it, and it does uh, give you opportunity to challenge yourself. And with Minnesota, without the shot clock, you can do different things with your offense and, and kind of test yourself out a little bit and try uh, some different strategies, different plays. And um, But I think you're right. It, it really, that's where the big factor comes into play when it comes time to seeding for the Class B tournament it is how you did outside of your region and how you did uh, outside of your class, if you get that opportunity, and how you did outside of your state. And, uh, yeah, selfishly as a broadcaster, uh, you kind of get maybe those dream matches a little bit in terms of who they're going to get to play and those matchups you want to see on the court. Yeah, because a team like Grafton, for example, or Thompson, if Kindred faces them in the regular season, they could have a rematch with them during potentially a state tournament if they both get there. And then also the winner might have a leg up on, okay, who might get seated and who might be into the random draw. That's what makes those so much fun. But, uh, Joel, when you look at Class B girls this year, I think a lot of people know Kindred's really good. Langdon area, MR Munich, we mentioned the Tommies, we mentioned the Spoilers, Kidder County. There was a lot of youth last year in girls basketball, but then all of a sudden, hey, there's a Megan Rube down there in Richland. I think the future for Class B specifically this year moving forward, you can just see a lot of 14- and 15-year-olds playing varsity ball last year. And now that they've kind of all matured a little bit earlier on, just watching a couple of games and seeing a couple of box scores, the level of play has gotten a little bit better from last season already to, from, to what it was at this time last year. Yeah, I know you mentioned it when you talked to Coach Brandt is uh, all of a sudden you're looking at a roster that has three, four, five seniors. Uh, you know, how many seniors were playing amongst Region 1 last year? I don't think we had very many. I think just, that was a total. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you're right there on the total. So, um, yeah, I, I think we're on the the upswing of, of how fast the game is really going to be. Not that it hasn't been fast; it hasn't been competitive, and we haven't seen good players in Class B, and we haven't seen good games, particularly coming in the state tournaments. Uh, but as these talented players continue to get older, I mean, uh, Abby Dukeshire is only a sophomore, and she's played some big games so far for Kindred, and, and she's not alone in being. Uh, a part of this youth movement where players are all of a sudden just starting to get older, starting to get faster, and starting to develop their varsity legs. But uh, I, I think you're right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, be really fun through the latter half of the season when everyone's up to speed and when we start getting into tournament time. And it's going to be one of those years where I think Class B girls basketball, once we get to tournament time, it's going to be a lot better brand of ball than what it was last year. Not saying last year was down. It's just last year was a lot of youthfulness to it. Now that they got of experience of playing at that point, for example, Abella Leonard for uh, Central Cast now being a senior with a lot of freshmen and sophomores that played last year, they get that experience at the varsity level, which goes a very long way. This is the Wings and Rings Coaches Show here on 32nd Avenue East and West Fargo, the Better Buffalo, every Wednesday night from 6 until 7. We talked with Grant Olson earlier in the broadcast. Cast right there with Sam Brand. We're going to take a quick timeout. We come back. We go from Class B girls hoops in North Dakota to Class A boys basketball. Bart Manson, head basketball coach for Fargo Davies. He's got the Eagles off to a 2-0 start on the season, 1-0 in conference play. they got a couple big games coming up in their next one against Fargo North on Friday night. We'll have more one-on-one conversation with Coach Manson after this here on the Wings and Rings Coaches Show on 740 The Fan. 
Final segment on our Wings and Rings Coaches Show here on a Wednesday night. Again, join us every Wednesday night at Wings and Rings on 32nd Avenue East in West Fargo, the Better Buffalo. You can stop on by from 6 to 7, say hello. And on Wednesday night, they have 139 tenders, fried or grilled. A reminder, Mondays, kids eat free per adult purchase, so start your week here on Mondays at Wings and Rings. We went from a little Class B girls hoops with Sam Brandt talking kindred Viking girls basketball. Now we're going to a little Class A boys hoops with Bart Manson here for Fargo Day. He's got the Eagles again off to a 2-0 start. They beat Fargo South on Tuesday night last night and then also took care of business against a, a always a very good Bismarck Century defensive-minded team with Coach Mathern out there. A nice 77-57 win to start the season. Bart, thanks for making the time here on a Wednesday. And, you know, it, once it gets cold and you got to put the layers on, you might as well get in a gym, right? That's exactly right. So it's the best place to be. You know, my son had played hockey for a long time, and you'd go from the cold to the cold, and, and uh, it's good to be inside in, in the winter uh, inside. It definitely makes the winter go by quicker. Yes, that is for sure, especially once you get down to zero, sub-zero temperatures like we've had the last right, couple of days. Right. You look at this year's team, and we were talking a little bit off air before we kind of get to your club and some of the seniors that you're bringing back and, you know, playmakers that you have on your team, that the EDC this year from what I remember Friday night lights looking at a roster, picking it up. This kid was going to NDSU. This kid was going to Mary. This kid was going to Northern State. This kid was going to VCSU. It seemed like every team had three or four guys that were going to the next level. And now I look down at the varsity basketball rosters, I'm going, here we go again, Uh, same parity. It seems like this year, whatever reason, Bart, there's a lot of good, talented kids on any team on any given night. There really is. And, you know, and I was telling you before we started, uh, uh, it's been a long time that our when, since our league has been like top to bottom, like really, really good, and I, I really feel like this year it's really exciting, you know, for us, you know, as a, a program and stuff to you know be able to you know go out and line up every night and know if you don't bring your best, you're gonna get beat, and um, and so that's all that's we we love that we I mean as competitors, you know, and when you played or as you're coaching, you know, you want to play against the best, and I, I always felt kind of like. You know, that as you look through a season, you want to get tested enough to be able to play at tournament time. And I, I really feel this year the, the teams that make it out of, out of here and into the state tournament, you know, they're going to be tested and they're going to have played some of the, you know, best teams, you know, all year long and, uh, and you know, maybe be able to make a run where you get finally, you know, a, a season where we have maybe four EDC teams in the semifinals. That would be awesome. That's always one of those deals. Is it an East year? Is it a West year once right. you get to state? Because if three makes it instead of one, then then you kind of can say, well, it was an East-heavy year or it was a West-heavy year. And something in Class A that's different in Class B, before I came on, we were talking about how Class B kind of is nice because you get a lot of non-region games. Sometimes you go yep. and play a DGF or an Alexandria or a Moorhead, where Class A, you got that double round robin, so you might only get one or two non-conference games. And your one non-conference game this year you went up against Bismarck Century, so you kind of right off the bat part went to a, a really good Western team that's <laughs> always has something to say out in the state in Class A. You know, I've known Darren for a long time, and I I, I really think a lot of Darren. Uh, you know, he's a good friend of mine, and um, he he's an, really an incredible coach. And uh, and you know, so every time that you're going to go match up against a Darren Mattern team, you're going to have to you know have your you know everything in line. And and uh, you know, it was very interesting in that game. As we were playing Century, you know, and I, I knew it was going to be this way, and I, I just, you know, we we're just going to see where we were at as far as a team. And, you know, they just grinded us the first half, and they would take it down to, you know, three seconds on the shot clock, and then all of a sudden Feeney make a deep three. 
And, you know, and I, he made four in the first half, and then the Eli kid made a couple, and, and pretty soon we're down seven at halftime. We're like, that's it. We're going to try to t- change the tempo up a little bit. And, you know, and I think, you know, a lot of it, too, is they're missing a uh, Langang kid who is a great football player, and he didn't have enough practices because he was down at Kansas State and stuff like that. And uh, and Feeney's a little bit still in football shape, and they're going to be a really good team, uh, you know, uh, like Darren, you know, Darren and I talk, and a lot of the, old, the older coaches realize that you don't want to be playing your best basketball in December, right. you know, and, and we get that. And, I mean, even though we got the win and they got the loss, nobody is worried about it. It is early in the year. and and uh, But it, it's it, – I, I, I love playing against, you know, Century and and uh, and just going up against Darren. And, and uh, it challenges me as a coach and it challenges our program against the Century kids. And I can't say enough about what they've done over the last, you know, seven to eight years since Darren's been there. What do you do then? Because it's so tough in the EDC because I, I grew up and I played at Fargo Shanley a decade ago, and it was the same deal. You played West Fargo twice. You played, you know, South twice. You played North twice. You didn't get a, as many well, we had more non-conference games then, uh, but, yeah. but but now there you don't get those non-conference games. So now you play the South and the North of the world coming up, and those do matter to where you're going to be seated at. How do you make sure you still get that, okay, we, we're not wanting to play the best now. We want to climb the mountain, but at the same point, too, understanding where a win could kind of determine if you're the two-seat or the mm-hmm. three-seat at yep. the end of the day way back on, you know, December the 11th. Yeah, you know, we just talk about trying not to bury ourselves. You know, you don't want to drop, like, four or five games in the month of December and then having to try to climb your way out of that, you know. And so you do have to even know that we jump right into conference play. You know, when you were playing, we probably – Shanley probably still had their Christmas tournament yep. and you yep. got to play in, you know, against, you know, some other schools. Line and high, deal exactly. right. Yep. You know, and so you got a chance to do all that and work out some kinks. And here, you jump right into EDC play, and you got to work out some kinks. And you know, and you're gonna, but every, but you got, what you got to realize is that everybody's going through it too. And you know, and I think like when we take a look at like our team this year at Davies, uh, you know, we have a really a veteran squad. And you know, and so did do I, did I expect us to play well at the beginning of there? Certainly. You know, are other teams in the same boat we are? Uh, that we're in right now no but there are a lot of kids back from a lot of programs like i watched cheyenne and mandan play and i and, you know and i'm not sure what happened last night but i did talk to my brother ross and uh you know he said that was just a great game up at red river you know and red river was missing a kid up there that night but cheyenne is is tested already they went to mandan and one and went to red river one what those are two huge wins that you know a lot of people might not win up at red river and so to me that they kind of got an early start to what their season might look like for them and and uh we're really excited to get going and you know we played north on friday played south last night and then we turn around play red river up there on next tuesday so we got a tough little challenger bart manson again head back boys basketball coach for fargo davies bart when you take a look at your team this year and a lot of people are going to hear the sadder name and know him from football and a guy that's going to north dakota state but he's got a pretty good jump shot, too, from last year, seeing him play JV, then kind of move more into the varsity system. You got uh, a number of seniors, Justice Noel, a guy that really played valuable minutes for yourself on the inside. I think a lot of fans will remember a Grayson Hammond, a Cole Hage, that dynamic duo, and then Cameron Van Dam, who can shake the rim at any time. If you give him five feet inside the lane, he can get up there. So a nice senior class coming into this season. It's got a lot of varsity minutes for you. They did, and you know, and, and you know, even like Mason Bitts and, and Nate Hensel, who both played to it, to us you know mason probably played the least amount of minutes last year but he did get a little varsity time and you know and so the rest of those guys were kind of key contributors into our program last year and you know and i know we had 
other guys around him like Brayton who kind of led those guys. But I've been the most impressed so far this year just with our guys' ability to, you know, next man up. You know, this guy's gone. Now who's going to step up? And I've seen some really good things from, from some kids this year. What does Grayson Hammond do? Because he goes to North Dakota State, too, for basketball, committed there already. What does he bring to this year's team? Because I think last year, if you saw him, sometimes he doesn't always get the stats. He might do the dirty work that his coaches, if you had your own stat sheet, he's probably filling all that type type of stuff up. But what does he do for this year's Eagles club? You know, and I think that's really why, you know, looking at why NDSU wanted him is because, you know, the hard work and the consistency that he brought, you know. And did all the little dirty things, you know. He's a great guard rebounder, you know. He does that very well. He can get in the lane and elevate and score. He is uh, in his area that I think he's improved the most in two areas. Is Number one is three-point shot is just really, really consistent. And, uh, uh, you know, he got hot last night and was drilling threes in the first half. And, uh, and then I think the second thing is he's just gotten quicker with the ball. You know, and, and I think at every level that you play, whether it's going from middle school to high school, from high, sophomore to JV, JV to varsity, to you know uh, varsity to college, it's it's the speed of the game that you got to get used to. And I, I've been most impressed with just his ability to go with the ball this year than he did last year. And so it's been really fun to watch. You look at this program, Bart, it's been about a decade now that you kind of started everything out. And then, you know, you had your first varsity season. A lot of juniors were on that very first varsity year. Then they kind of move up and go through the system. You have a state championship under your belt here at Fargo Davies. What's it being like, though, to try to bring this team year in and year out to not just get to the top, but try to stay at the top, you know, in conference play and try to be a state team where Class A is growing. I mean, you got Cheyenne now, you got Horace in a couple years, you got Bismarck Legacy, you know, out in the capital city. The Class A has kind of expanded its role to a couple more teams, so it's getting a little tougher every year to stay up top. Well, it is, you know, and I, you know, and I think like when, when Minot had won three state titles in a row, you know, one of the things that people didn't realize was that at that time everybody was splitting up. And so and mine, it was the only big school left, you know. And so but now what you've seen is that with with like Cheyenne now having some years under their belt, us having some years under their belt, you know, legacy having some years and things like that, that these teams are starting to catch up and it's making the leagues more competitive. And as as far as the league goes, I think then you got to really do some things, you know, special like in the off season. You know, one of the things that we take a lot of pride in with our you know and uh, you know my staff might get mad at me all the time but you know uh we spend a lot of time with our youth basketball kids and you know and uh you know watching cam i you know cam and i were just talking about the other night when we were wrapping up our youth league stuff and he was like you know i still remember you know when i was going through this and i was like you know i do too i remember this long linky kid that i saw as a fourth and fifth grader i'm like that kid's gonna be okay you know and i you just watch them and you watch them. And, you know, for me as a coach, that's what's really special, you know, and that's what I really take a lot of pride in is just seeing a kid, getting to know him at a, a young age and then watching him grow into where Cam is at today or, you know, Ty or any of these guys who are all playing. And uh, that's a really special moment for any coach. Last thing for you, Bart, before we let you go, we thank you for your time. You mentioned it a little bit that the EDC is going to be very good. I could probably go down any roster and go, Grand Forks or whatever, Will Obioha. He literally mm-hmm. and figuratively jumps off the page. You go to West Fargo, there's a Hunter Lyman who got to play and learn behind Luke Lennon. You can go anywhere and find those type of, type of players. So how good do you think the EDC possibly could be once you get to the dog days, so to speak, of basketball, and, you know, the early part of February going into that final stretch into March? Well, you know, I always say, 
you know, it's like if you can win games in January and, and, and the EDC, you're going to be in great shape because it's cold outside, you know, and, and you're grinding through it. You're excited to start the season, so December's easy, and then you get in the month of January, and it's, it's tough. And that's where, you know, like in football and pro football and stuff, they talk a lot about winning in November. And, you know, and that's what we take a lot of pride in is trying to win in, in January to set up our February. And if we can do that and get ourselves into position in February, you start getting excited about tournament play again and, and the feeling of tournament play. And, uh, and so that is what, you know, is looking towards the season, you know, you got to really try to grind through it in January and then get into February and try to get excited again and see if you can. You know, you got to add some new things to the kids and the programs, you know, so that you keep them interested and keep them motivated, you know. And so uh, you're, you're definitely right. It's a long season, and uh, we're looking forward to getting in that grind. you got game number three coming up Friday night. We'll have it for you from the Spartan Dome right here on the fan. The girls at 545, the boys. We'll follow at 7.30, then as Bart said, Tuesday night at Red River, then at Valley City before they return home against Shanley over the holiday on December 28th. Bart, thank you very much for the time. Much appreciated. Go enjoy uh, some of the food. What did what, what'd you order? Can I ask what you order? I, I, it was just my kids. My kids were all <laughs> wanting to come along and uh, order some food, so they got some food here, and uh, so it's all good. So. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Bart, we'll see you Friday night at the, at the Spartan Dome, okay? All right, anytime. All Bart right, Manson with us here, Fargo Davies, boys basketball coach on our Wings and Rings coaches show here on 740 the fan